you were correct. It is the greatness of the Rob Lowe. Told you I'm going four for four. Eight out of 17. Dude, that guy does not age. He really doesn't. He is a pretty, pretty man. Whoa. Okay. He's no uh, Brad Pitt and Troy, but... Hi, this is Dustin Fanzo, and I'm a big-ass runner cruising the coastal trails of Virginia Beach, Virginia, and Nags Head, North Carolina. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host and my soothing siren of the seashore, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Dustin, for that amazing intro. You are bi-statal? Is that how you say that? You're running so far, you're going state to state. Love Virginia, love North Carolina. I have lots of listeners out there, lots of friends out there. So thank you, Dustin, for that amazing intro. And you may even hear another version of that intro in the blooper reel. Don't want to give anything away, but stay tuned for that. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. My name is Jeff Harrell. This is episode number 81. Keep rolling right along. Have a great show for you. I'm very, very excited because you heard from Eve Pearson back in December, on December 27th, I believe that was episode 74. She is an absolute expert in nutrition, and I'm recording this just before my big race out in Arizona. By the time you hear this, I will have hopefully finished it, or at least attempted it. We're going to stay positive. I'm going to have finished it. And I ask Eve a lot of questions about nutrition week of, leading up to the race, during the race, right after the race. I think you're going to find tons and tons of value. And then in our second segment, Timmy Time is back with a special episode of Timmy Time. Don't want to share too much on that one. So look for that. Very excited about the show. But before we get to that, I offered, I don't do this very often, but I offered a triple dog dare to the Big Ass Runner Herd to submit some written reviews on Apple Podcasts. And just like always, the Big Ass Runner Herd did not disappoint. In fact, I triple dog dared and I got triple, I got three reviews. So I'm going to read them right now because we really appreciate reviews. Again, that's one of the best ways that you can help this show. The first review is from MMK213. It says, I'm so excited to find a podcast on trail running for the regular person who comes in all shapes and sizes. That is absolutely true. Thank you, MMK213. That was five-star reviews. It says the title is Trail Running for Everybody. Totally agree with that. So thank you for that, MMK213. The second one comes from Constant Tweet says five plus stars at the top, which is awesome. Five-star review, by far my favorite running podcast, exclamation point. Funny, encouraging, and positive. If I could give it more than five stars, I would. My 13-year-old son loves it too. Keep doing a great job. Well, thank you, Constant Tweet, and shout out to your 13-year-old son. Big shout out to you right now. I'm giving you a shout out, 13-year-old son. I don't know your name. If I did, I'd say it right now. Thanks for listening as well. Well, thank you for that awesome review. And then the last one comes from N Anderson 11 says premium content exclamation point, man, I don't don't know if you've ever been called premium content. I love it. Five-star review. 
You really took it up a notch in episode 80 with Jeff Race prepping with Coach Greg. A great behind-the-scenes conversation that benefits all trail runners. I agree in Anderson 11. I really thought that was a great episode, and I've gotten awesome feedback from that. So we'll do more episodes like that where we just strip it down, so to speak. Clothes will be on in the studio. That would be uncomfortable. But we'll just do a behind-the-scenes kind of let's just roll up our sleeves and talk trail racing. We kind of do that in this first segment of this show, by the way. So just want to say thank you so much for those awesome reviews. Again, that is one way that people find our podcast, like Constant Tweet just found our podcast. So thanks again for those. And if you want to leave us a written review on Apple, we would love that. But without further ado, let's get going on episode number 81 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, now on the Big Ass Runner hotline, we have Eve Pearson. Eve, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me again. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. I know the first time we had you on, that was episode number 74. So you want to make sure and go back and listen to that. You'll hear all about Eve's uh, background and all the awesome letters she has after her name. She's very, very wise in the field of nutrition. And so we're super excited to have you back. And I feel a little bit selfish because when we're recording this, we are four days away from my big 100K. So I thought today we could talk a little bit about week of and during race nutrition. (laughs) But before we do that, I would love to hear just since we talked to you last, it was I think December 27th is when that episode dropped. How's your Christmas been? How's 2022 treated you so far? Well, I took a trip over the holidays and brought COVID back with me. Oh, no. So, yeah. So I ended up first part of the year. Um, my symptoms were really low and I didn't, I wasn't really sick, but I had to do the whole quarantine and everything. And it was right before CDC said five days. So I was 10 days quarantined and had a little bit of trouble running post COVID with my heart rate and stuff. But last week, I think, was my first week back to full on hitting my paces and everything for my half that I'm training for in April. So, so far, so good. (laughs) So it sounds like that was not the gift, the Christmas gift you were looking for. (laughs) It was not. It was not. And you bring something up. I've actually had a couple of friends who had COVID recently, and they said the same thing about their heart rate. They, They went back to running, and they just couldn't get their heart rate back to where it was previously, and it took them longer than they thought. Is that the same thing for you? It is. And I'm hearing that from people now that I'm talking and asking is I'm thinking, you know, if you didn't really get sick from it, which I'm thankful I did not. It was about it's going to be about four to eight weeks before things return to normal. So I think I'm in week five or six now. I don't remember exactly the timing, but I know two weeks ago I did a workout. My heart rate hit 217 and I was like, I probably should slow down. Golly, (laughs) man. Well, I'm, I was trying to do a track workout, <laughs> and your and your heart was trying to catch up. That, that's same. My friend said the same thing. Is over two hundred, and I thought, man, yeah, you definitely want to take it easy. Yeah, I looked at my data afterwards, and I was like, okay, let's chill out for a minute and recover, and we'll try this again next week. 
Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. And uh, you said you. you've got a half coming up in April. I do. I'm actually going to try to PR a half marathon 10 years after my last PR. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. probably not a very smart idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. I love it. I've got a marathon. I was supposed to do it in December and it's been 20 years since I've done one. And so I was trying to PR plus 20 years later, which is not wow. going to be, it's not going to be that hard because it was my very first run ever. And I was probably another 15 or so pounds heavier than I am now. So I think I can do it. It was like five plus five hours. So I think I can there do it, go. but still it was uh yeah, 20 years later, going to try to get, try to get that done in December. <laughs> hey. Why not? We Why not? Goals, right? Exactly. Well, I thought, like I said in the intro, I'm a little bit selfish because I'm four days now away from my 100K. And I thought we would talk about week of nutrition and then during race strategy around nutrition and then right after the race and kind of recovery as well. Sure. Right now, what I'm focused on is hydration, eating not too much or too little, so I'd love to know, as, as someone who really does this for a living, what should my strategy kind of leading up to the race be? It sounds like you're focusing on the right things. You know, when you're going into a race, you're generally following a schedule from a coach, and you would have a taper going into a big race like this. Yep. So with a taper comes lower calorie expenditure going into the 100K in four days. based are, If you look at compared to what you've been doing in training and as far as volume and everything, you've probably seen, you know, a little bit of taper come in. So you burn less calories throughout the day. So it is important to alter your diet a little bit to address a lower calorie intake. So you don't, you know, gain weight in a two or three week taper. And um, as far as the types of food you choose, you know, really um, you and I briefly talked about carb loading before we got on here today. And for an ultra event, I wouldn't recommend carb loading as a good practice um, as much as I would just recommend getting adequate amounts of carbohydrates going into an event like this. So I would say, you know, don't really change your diet too much. Eat the same foods that you've been training on, familiar foods that your body's used to. This is not the time to, you know, start questioning or guessing or, you know, asking, ooh, should I try this or should I do this different? You know, no, the answer is, just keep eating similar foods to what your body's used to and similar meals that you've had going into long runs on the weekends that you've been training. And then as far as hydration goes, I just would caution against overhydrating and really kind of diluting out the electrolytes that are in your body. So a lot of people do have that mindset of, oh, it's race day coming up. I have to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. But what you forget is that you need to consume sodium with the hydration that yeah. you're consuming. And so as long as you're consuming drinks that have electrolytes in them, as much as you are, you know, focusing on your eating and everything, that's fine. But I just wouldn't recommend just pounding a bunch of water going into an event. I'm glad you brought that up because I have been mostly doing noon tablets with, with my water or I've got, there's a Bear Performance Nutrition product of electrolytes that's got obviously electrolytes and, and sodium mixed in it. So I've been mostly adding that. So it sounds like that was actually the right strategy. It is the right strategy. Hey! Yeah, so. was, yes, what, you did it right. What do they say about the blind squirrel finding a nut every once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I think sometimes you do think just as much 
hydration as possible, but if you're not balancing it with that sodium and the electrolytes, you can dilute it and then you're probably worse off than if you hadn't done that. You are. You just flush everything out and then your water fluid balance in your body gets off and then that also affects muscle contraction. And so it's, yeah, it's not a very good practice. And I love that you brought up too the carb load because we've tradition says, hey, the night before, eat a big spaghetti dinner. And even I remember when I did my first marathon, we went to Spaghetti Warehouse and ate a huge spaghetti meal. And you were saying maybe for a shorter race, that might be okay because you, you might consume those carbs, but for a longer one, that's not a great strategy. So I guess my question is the couple nights before you said kind of eat what you've been eating, but is it good to maybe go a little bit lighter than normal because you are tapering, you're not expending those calories. So maybe going even a little bit lighter because coach Greg, I think he likes to eat a pretty light meal the night before. So it doesn't feel bloated or heavy during the race. Sure. I think that people that do these events probably eventually will find out what works for them. That's one thing I talked about last time is sports nutrition is so individualized. And as we continue to do different distances of events and different terrain and environments, you kind of learn what just feels good for you. So I would just say if, you know, that's not something that you're too keen on or you're not real sure about, I would be careful about eating too light. I mean, when I'm talking light, though, you know, my definition of light is probably very different from most people's just because I generally think a good calorie range for somebody your size would be about 700 to 1,000 calories 12 hours before the event starts. Okay. And with half of that from carbohydrate, right? Now, that's not a carb load. It's just that you're focusing on having a carbohydrate source with that meal. Right. So what happens with, say, a short marathon-type distance road race where you're going to go all out and try to get a really good pace, carb loading can be very effective. But when we do these ultra events and our pace is going to be much slower, most people, and we are focused on finishing and feeling strong and you know not having any issues like throughout, then we really just need to make sure that we have, like I said, adequate carbs. So you go to Spaghetti Warehouse, for example, because you're traveling for events or some other restaurant. And if you look at those options, that meal alone is about 2,000 calories without bread and butter and salad and everything else that we like to add to it, right? Yep. So that's a huge meal. So yes, you could absolutely have eaten half of that before your marathon and been just fine, right? Yep. But we just, we overthink it and we hear that carbs are important, but mainly it's, you know, your muscles and you're obviously a bigger guy. You said you're in the Clyde belt. Clyde Bill's division, and I'm a much smaller person, so my car, my muscles won't store as much glycogen as yours will, and so therefore, that's why my mills would be smaller than yours going in, right? Yep. So I hope that kind of makes sense. It's hard to it's hard to give numbers to people not knowing like everybody's you know it's really weight based and how much your muscles will store. Yeah, is what we're focused on. Yeah. You brought up a couple of things I think are, are right on. One one is we we tend to overeat calories anyway. So our definition of overeating is probably <laughs> skewed uh, to begin with. And when you mentioned slower pace, yes, uh, my my pace is a very very slow pace. And so making sure I have that kind of even even those carbs out 
I think is right, is right on the money. And something just popped in my head because one thing I've done, and I'm not, I'm not a big drinker of alcohol, but I, I do like my craft beer and a little bit of bourbon from time to time. But I've pretty much said no alcohol until this race is over. How about it? What, what are the effects of alcohol? Is it, is it something good to stay away from while you're leading up to a, a race? What, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I think everybody is very well aware of the detrimental effects of alcohol. Anybody who's worn a whoop strap knows what their recovery looks like and what their sleep looks like from just even one drink. Yep. So it is really smart that you stayed away from it until after the event is over, especially an important event. You know, I think sometimes we just train through things and we do things for fun and I want to go do this, you know, trail race or I want to go do that or this is just my lifestyle where I'm racing every other weekend and that kind of thing. And, you know, if that's our mindset and it's just for fun and we want to have a beer after we finish, that's just what we do. That's our lifestyle, right? But I definitely think you made the right decision because the recovery is really, really poor when there's alcohol involved and dehydration is a definite that it's going to happen. Um, I see a lot of injuries from, you know, increased alcohol consumption and then also just the belly fat, right? Yep. Um, I mean, it, it just, it pretty much goes straight there. And the interesting thing about alcohol that people, it, it, as a dietitian, as a sports dietitian, it kind of, this is the one thing that drives me a little bit crazy, but people refer to, you know, alcohol as carbs and it is not carbohydrates. It is alcohol and carbs have four calories per gram. And it's things like bread, dry cereals, grains, and fruit. And then beer is seven calories per gram and it's alcohol. And yeah, there may be two or three carbs in a beer, or if you have a craft beer, maybe a few more. But, you know, when we're looking at, hey, this guy needs 75 carbs before he goes and runs this distance, two to three carbs from a beer is not going to help. Now, do I have people that drink beer on the race courses while they're <laughs> running? Absolutely. Yep. And have I done that before? Absolutely. We all have. Um, we all have. Well, many so of us have anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's fun. And, you know, it's fun to say you did it. and But it certainly isn't going to help as far as, you know, finishing and um, being able to train long term and not get injured and all of that. Yeah. But I think everybody knows that. We just don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear it. And I think, too, it just goes back to it. moderation is such a powerful word. And I, th- I think I'm looking at that craft beer as as the carrot, not the carrot, but just as a nice reward and to yeah. reward myself a little bit after doing such a big race and training and, and staying away from it for a while. I think you'll feel it pretty fast, too. <laughs> probably so. Probably, I might want to be careful. Yeah. Well, I want to talk too about morning of. There's lots of different schools of thought. I've been watching a lot of the the videos leading up to Black Canyon and are interviewing a lot of the elite athletes that are chasing after a golden ticket. And there's actually three golden tickets per male and female this year because okay. because a golden ticket race was canceled, so they moved one of those tickets to Black Canyon, which is cool. So they've been interviewing these elite athletes, and they'll ask them, you know, what's your morning of meal? It's it's always very different. It, it's a combination of, I just drink black coffee. I don't, I don't eat anything to, you know, I eat a bagel or I eat a, you know, a honey stinger or whatever. Is it, is it kind of up to you based on what you've done in the past, what's felt good in the past, or is there a little bit of science to what you should do? There is science to what you should do, but if you've not practiced 
on something, then you clearly should not try it on race day, right? So I think if one thing that we have to be really careful about is comparing ourselves to the elite because they're running, their bodies are different, their efficiency is different, you know, their time out there is going to be different. And so it's nice to hear what they're doing, you know, to see what it's like, but it's not reality for us to then turn around and say, oh, well, I think that's a good strategy for me. Right. Right on. Yeah. I think that I would recommend based on the science that there should be some carbohydrates consumed the morning of the event. But in an ultra, I would definitely include protein and fat as part of that meal and not be so focused on just carbs. Right. So if somebody wanted to eat eggs before an ultra, like I'd let them do that again, back to that calorie consumption. And then also, I think the thing we run into with ultras is that they start a lot earlier Um, are different times than like a normal road race, like we're used to getting up at five for an eight o'clock race, right? That's not exactly how a lot of these events go. They start at 5 a.m. or or different times, right? Some of them start late and go till the next day. Right. So it's really kind of um, making sure that you have tried whatever food it is that you're going to try on race day. But There's also strategies where you just kind of start your race nutrition as you're starting your event and just make sure you stay on top of it from the get-go as opposed to eating a big breakfast the morning of. I personally, when I have done ultra events in the past, I feel better if I get up and, you know, get moving before the event's going to start. And, you know, even if it's a 5 a.m. start, I'm still going to be up at 3 trying to get some food in me and make myself feel, you know, good. But maybe that's different for somebody else. Um, But I would say this, that, you know, right now, especially, you know, it's New Year. We talked about this a little bit back on the last podcast we did, but everybody's kind of into these fads and everybody's looking for the quick fix and the, you know, the carbs and the fat and the protein stuff get thrown around in good and bad ways. And so we just have to be cautious and, and know that, when we're doing an ultra event, our body is using carbohydrate and fat both as energy. But the thing is, is that we're using fat that's stored on our body because we store it unlimitedly, whereas carbohydrates, we can't. So we have to continually replace them. So even in an overnight fast, when we're sleeping, there's going to be some usage of carbohydrates during the sleeping process. And so the idea is just to kind of top that off when you get up the next morning before you start going out for your really long day. That's great. I think I've done that mostly. I probably, though, haven't included, you said, you know, healthy fats and and protein as well. Yeah, some people do can get away with eggs or they may use like nut butter, which is a fat, but it has some protein in it. Um, Or some people will use, say, like a Kodiak oatmeal versus regular because it's got some protein in it. And it just depends. It doesn't have to be protein, like, you know, you eat a big omelet or anything like that. But I would say you definitely on an ultra don't want to be solely focused on just eating a big plate of pancakes, per se, without just with stirrup, right? I mean, that's going to be a gut bomb, not only, and then (laughs) you're going to have a crash probably a few hours later. Yeah. And that's that's what I like to avoid, too, because I've had those crashes during runs before where you can, you just feel your, the blood sugars just off and you feel a little spacey. I tend to eat peanut butter toast in the morning. So it sounds like that's not a bad option. It's a good idea. 
see you're so far you're on the right drive <laughs> that's two two of them <laughs> let's talk about during the race and i know a lot of this tends to be trial and error based on what you've done in the past what's felt good in the past what i found for me is i like the spring energy gels i don't like the goose that it's something about the texture and i specifically like the awesome sauce because it's like eating applesauce and it's real food. So I'll take those every 30 minutes. And then when I get to an aid station, I tend to hit the PB&J and maybe whatever just sounds good. It, sometimes it's a, a salty Pringle and sometimes it's an orange. And then that's really what I do. So every 30 minutes, a spring energy gel, and then I hit the aid station, not heavy, but just a couple of little items. And sure. obviously, obviously you could do the tailwind or whatever their, their carb drink is plus water. I usually have one of my bottles with water and one of my bottles with tailwind or, or Gatorade or whatever they're using. Sure. Does that sound like a pretty good strategy? I think it sounds like a great strategy. I think that overall, when you're doing an ultra, you want to try and replace a percentage of the calories you're burning. So how I can describe that is say, I am small, so I'm only going to burn maybe I don't know, 275 to 300 or 400 calories an hour if I'm moving pretty fast, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes even less than that because if I'm going to walk some, if, you know, the train gets to where I'm climbing or something like that, you know, my pace is going to come down significantly and I might even see lower calorie burn. So the idea is that I would try to replace a percentage of those calories and then, of course, primarily from carbohydrate, but like you'll see peanut butter, a lot, the peanut butter and jellies or the tortilla wraps or Nutella, you'll see sometimes, you know, chicken soup and stuff like that. So I think that you've got the right strategy in place because you've got calories coming from the tailwind, you've got calories coming from the spring gel, and then you've got calories coming from the solid foods that you're doing at, on the table, you know, when you get there. So it sounds to me like you've got a good plan. And as long as those are, you know, I, I'd be careful about grabbing foods that sound good if you've never tried them yeah. <laughs> before, you know, <laughs> it's like you get there and you're like, Ooh, that looks really good right now, but I've never had that before. So I probably shouldn't try that. <laughs> yep. But Pringles and peanut butter and jellies and peanut M&Ms and Skittles and all the things that, you know, go on those tables. If, if you've tried it and it feels good to you, then I think it's probably a good idea. I think, where things get off the most here with the strategy of kind of showing up and just eating what sounds good, believe it or not, it's the sodium to fluid balance. So it'd be great if our cues were accurate when we're doing these events and we're like, oh, that salty Pringle chip sounds really good right now because you're probably salt deprived, right? Yeah. But that cue is so late, you know, you've already been deprived for a while of it if you're craving it and you get there and you have the Pringles and or whatever salty thing and then you fast forward and you're still kind of depleted of sodium and so you probably will start to overdo it and then that can cause nausea and some other things that happen at these events as we've all seen yes and some of us have experienced so i think that you just have to be careful about doing too much salt or too much fluid, I guess I would say. Yep. And most of those products, they, they're not really high in sodium. It's not like you're taking something that's got 800 milligrams of sodium, right? It's, it's, it's pretty low. And so as long as you're drinking enough fluid, you should be okay. 
but you actually have a good plan. Brought up a couple of questions, uh, three actually. One is my because this is in the desert and it's going to get in the upper 70s and it's a dry heat, I've heard that you know, in Texas, it's humid. You sweat a lot. So you're like, I'm sweating a lot. I need to replace, no. <laughs> I need to replace yep. that. In the desert, you're going to, it's going to be dry. I may not be sweating as much. So I, I think there's a tendency to either underhydrate or underestimate how much salt you're losing. So my plan was at the three aid stations where I'll see my wife, uh, where she's able to crew, I would take a couple of salt pills because. I'm just thinking I'll be losing a lot of salt. Do you think that's necessary to, or will I get enough just through the nutrition that I'm taking in? I think, well, two things. What happens in the dry heat is that it's evaporating and you're not seeing it. Right. So like, whereas it's humid here and we see it on our skin and we're dripping sweat and it's on the ground and everything, it's evaporating. So you're just not seeing it on your body. Yep. Now, I would say that, have you trained on any salt tabs? I took one salt pill at uh, Tyler at each of the loops. So yeah, yes, you I did. have. Yep. Okay, so you have used it. Okay, I would just say, like like I said, I have seen so many people vomit from over-consuming sodium in events over the years that I would be very cautious. And, and it's all about the fluid intake with the sodium. Okay. So it's just making sure that if you're going to consume salt pills at aid stations, you just have to make sure that you're being really good staying on top of your fluid, even though you're not seeing the sweat on your butt, right? Got and, it. you know, in your event, like, it's okay if you have to pee. Like, that's a good thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Absolutely. I mean, people freak out because they don't want to go to the bathroom, but I'm like, no, like, you really probably want to try to make yourself go to the bathroom, you know, and not go all day and get dehydrated, right? Yes. I'd yeah, so if you peed the first couple hours, you know, that's great. You're doing a good job and you know that you're on top of it. And I, I told the story a couple episodes ago at, at Tyler, the, at the running the rose, it was a 54K. I was running up on, on this guy that was leaning on a tree. His feet were on the trail. He was leaning on the tree and I thought, oh, I wonder if he's got you know some GI issues or is he hurt? And then I saw the stream of pee <laughs> and he was just... <laughs> He didn't even bother moving even three feet off the trail. He was just going to pee right there on the trail. It wasn't landing on it, but I thought, oh, my goodness. But to your point, yes, that's a good thing if you need to pee because that means you're staying on top of your hydration, I would assume. Yeah. The other question I had that when you were talking a second ago is around candy because a lot of times when you do come in an aid station and you're you're just tired and those Skittles look really good and – the Oreo cookie might look really good. You know, those are high, high sugar. Are, yes. they, are those okay if you've had them before? They've been okay for your body yes. or, or would you tend to want to stay? Okay. Okay. No, they're okay. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would say this. So remember that sugar candy doesn't have anything in it other than sugar. It's not, there's no protein, there's no fat. So I do think that it's very important that there's going to be some sort of food, whether it's a turkey sandwich or a slice of pizza or a peanut butter and jelly, you know, roll up or whatever, you've got to have that too. You can't just live on Tellwind and Skittles the whole event, yep. right? Yep. Um, so you will end up getting very hungry if you do that or if you try to do that. And um, yes, if it's a really fast paced race, then you could probably get away with Tellwind and Skittles. But um, for the most part, I would say yes. I mean, you need those carbs and it is okay to consume it in a candy form. Awesome. We got the thumbs yeah. up on the candy. I love it. And the Oreos. Skittles are my favorite. And candy corn. <laughs> oh, awesome. 
I don't think I've seen canning corn at an aid station. We need to. We need I know. To, you I need to, to bring your own. I'm going to do that at the Chapas next year when we do that. We'll have candy corn at Chapas. That'll be there. You go. That'll be our, one of our signatures. Gonna, that's going to disappear. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Eve, and, and I do have kind of a final question around nutrition. You finished the race. And I remember when I finished the race in Tyler, I was texting with Coach Greg, and he's like, hey, did you replace your protein? I've told this on the show before, but I said, if by eating a water burger with cheese means replacing your protein, then, then I will be in about 20 minutes. But we talked before we started recording. It's important to get some protein and some nutrition back into your body pretty quickly after you race, and maybe you don't even have enough time to get to that. Whataburger or Chick-fil-A or wherever you're going. So it's, is it important really to get nutrition back in right after you finish? So I would say that I could turn the question around and say, how important is it to you to keep the skeletal muscle mass intact <laughs> in your body? What little I have, yes. Like <laughs> so with that, I would say the goal would be that you consume some protein that morning and you consume some protein throughout the event, you know, again, whether it was from sandwiches or whatever, but it is not uncommon, unfortunately, for our bodies to break down muscle protein and try to use it for energy a little bit during an ultra. It's just something we can't, we can't fight that. We can do the best we can. But if you look at, you know, I was saying earlier that primarily we're burning carbohydrates and fat for fuel while we're doing these events. But when we look at long distance events, there's always some percentage of muscle protein breakdown that happens. So yes, I would say make it a habit to bring, and it doesn't have to be a shake. You know, a lot of people think that liquid protein shakes are more effective. And mainly it's just because you may not be hungry to eat a lot of food right then. Yeah. So you can use a liquid, you know, protein shake, no problem. But I would make sure that the shake or a bar, whatever, you know, protein bar that you choose has some carbohydrate in it because we see that the carbohydrate helps the protein get to the muscle faster and your body is really trying to replace glycogen stores right then because it's depleted and it makes that whole process happen faster. So, you know, whether it's a recovery packet with, you know, some form of carb and protein in it or a protein bar, like say, not a bar that says zero carbs on it, right? Yep. But like a bar, like a cliff builder bar that has 47 carbs in it. Um, it. You could eat that and that would be sufficient to get you to your water burger. Um, because we all want that big meal afterwards. Yes. Uh, we're ready for it, right? That's good. So I, I don't have to do away with my water burger run, but it's probably a good idea to have a recovery bar or shake. I think for me, it's I tend to be pretty dry at the end of the race. So I think a drink sounds like something I could probably consume a little bit easier than a bar. I think so too. Yep. A lot of people used to mix the protein powders into like a Tailwind or Gatorade or whatever sports drink they're using. So they'll just bring the packet or the scoop of say vanilla protein powder and put it in like an orange and it takes like a, you know, dream sickle kind of popsicle. Ooh, that sounds um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good recovery one, especially in the summer. That one's fun. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Something to add to my checklist for my, my trip. I'm going to make sure I have a good protein carb recovery drink for right, af right after the race, which I'm going to finish. I feel very positive. You are. <laughs> yes, you are. Keep saying it over and over. Exactly. Take yourself on the, on the event. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking before we started recording. I'm just so ready for this to, to be here. <laughs> it's been a long 
training cycle and I've been looking at so many videos of like, I'm just ready for this to be here. But at the same yeah. time, I don't want to wish it away. I want to enjoy every, every moment. So I'm trying to keep that perspective as well. And you're going to channel your inner child on the trail. My inner child. Exactly. Don't right. Forget, forget how old we are and just keep moving. Exactly. Right. Well, Eve, this has been so awesome. I really appreciate just the expertise that you bring. I know the big ass runner herd appreciates it. We, uh, you know, we, we tend to, because we're trail runners kind of think about nutrition as something we, you know, maybe push down the list, but I think it's important that we keep it really top of mind. So thank you for all your, your great insight. Of course. So if anybody out there is local and you're going to be at the Cowtown Marathon event, I will have a booth there and I'll be giving away one of my books for free to a lucky winner. So come by and say hi. I'm also going to be speaking twice on Friday and Saturday. So if you're in the area and you're going to be doing one of those races, come say hi to me. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, thanks again, Eve. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Well, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. This week, we have Michelle Baker. Michelle is on Instagram at AK Mountain Mother Runner. And Michelle set a goal back in 2019 to run a hundred miler, and she did it. She completed it last weekend out at Rocky Raccoon, and she ran it in under 24 hours. Huge accomplishment. She's also coached by Coach Greg. So amazing job, Michelle, setting a big goal, 100 miler, getting it done under 24 hours. Way to go, Michelle. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Timmy time. What's up, El Jefe? Oh, he's dancing. have a great theme song though yeah i like it really good it's solid it's it's quite strong it is solid what's going on timmy time oh not much man just hanging out still doing a little bit of running mb's out of town so yeah marcy baser not here today she she decided to to travel yep just like tennessee yeah tennessee great place we have a lot of listeners in tennessee yeah i'm supposed to go to nashville and i got canceled because of covid back in 2020 but I'm not bitter. No, it doesn't seem like you're bitter at all. <laughs> we'll get out there. I love Nashville. Love the love Tennessee. Love the Carolina. That whole area of the country mm-hmm. is just awesome. Can't wait to get back out there. Well, Timmy time, you know, normally, and by the way, this episode drops on Valentine's Day. So the big ass runner herd is probably expecting the Timmy time episode today to be love songs or I can something throw out like some love that. songs if you want me to you can but here's my deal i like to keep the big ass runner heard guessing all right so today we're not doing anything of the sorts we are not doing any love songs we are doing something a little different and here's why so one of our listeners adam silver who did the intro i believe of the last episode sent us the following In a world where weather conditions are ever-changing, this news button beckons, 
and roots trip up even the most athletic of athletes. This week, you are the hero. You have registered for an ultra because you are a big-ass runner. So pretty cool, huh, Timmy Time? Very cool. We have some talented listeners. We do. I like how we talked about uh, even the roots, roots. will trip up the best <laughs> athletes. Yeah, that was Been from, there. That was from my, my Tyler running of the rows where I took a pretty big root to the toe and big old Clydesdale fall off the trail. Slow-mo? Skid it, it, it was very slow-mo. Oh, I didn't tell you this. Oh. So Timmy Time, Steve and I went running the other day. It had snowed here. It was a minor snowmageddon, nothing like we had last year. Still cold. Still cold and still icy, frozen rain and some snow. Mm-hmm. But we went running on Saturday. We waited till it warmed up a little bit. But there were patches of ice along the way. We ran on the neighborhood. It was not on the trails because it was too sloppy. It's way too sloppy. And remember under the trees, it, it hadn't thawed yet. And so we were slipping around. Oh, yeah, it, was and ice. Like, it was icy. Mm-hmm. You guys like, oh, you can't you can't slip, El Jefe, because you've got a big race coming up. <laughs> well, Allison and I, the next day on Sunday, we went walking. I did the I had a weighted vest hike as part of my Coach Greg training plan. And same thing, you know, still a little bit of ice patches and such. And I bit it. Walking. Walking. I didn't even see this ice patch and my feet flew up from under me. I landed on my back. Oh, now I did have the, the weighted vest. So I think that actually protected me a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But my head snapped backwards, like, like as in a, you know, like a whiplash fashion and cracked. Like it was the weirdest. You hit the, your head on the concrete. My, my head did not hit. Okay. It just whiplashed and cracked. Oh, it was and like a neck popping. It was like a neck pocket yeah. popping, but it was backwards. I've never popped my neck backwards like that. It was. It stunned me. Allison thought I'd hit my head because she heard the cracking noise, and I was I was fine. I was a little dazed for a second, but got up and trotted on down. Oh man, you're <laughs> glad you didn't hit your noggin. Oh my goodness, I'm very glad. I went got to the, a concussion. Went to the chiropractor the next day, and he he said everything's fine. And then I had uh, a massage that evening, and they worked that out. So I'm good to go. Good. Good to go for Black Canyon. Got to take care of your body. Got to, man. Dude, I can't remember the last time I got a massage. Oh, you need to. No, I used to do them every six weeks. I do one one a month. Every first yeah. Monday of every month, I am on the schedule. It's a, a masseuse to Coach Greg. Oh, Everything yeah. comes back to Coach Greg. It's like seven degrees of okay. separation. Instead of Kevin, no, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, well, bacon, bacon's delicious. It is. It so is delicious. Good. Now, today, be inspired by Adam Silver's little movie trailer he just sent us that we just played, we are doing movie trivia. Now, Timmy Time, you know that this podcast is all about encouraging and entertaining the big-ass mm-hmm. runner. That's why we're here. This segment is all about entertainment baby all right people will say jeff this has nothing to do with trail running and you would be correct except that a lot of our listeners listen to this while they're trail running and they're playing along you are playing against all of the big ass runner herd well plus we both trail run so whatever we talk about comes from trail running it comes from that's exactly it's like it it all comes back down to coach greg and trail running so, so yes. I will, before we start, so I'm not singing, I'm doing movies. You're doing, it's movie, It's like multiple choice okay. movie trivia and the big ass runner will play along. There's 20 questions. It's a lot. All right. 
and we're going to keep your score and the big ass runner herd will play along in their heads as they're running or commuting or whatever they're doing now. And we'll see how they do against you. Okay. I'm just, I'm kind of disappointed. I would have, could have saved $250 this oh. week on my voice lesson. <laughs> well, we, those will come into play soon. <laughs> Don't you worry. Yeah. Your agent was, I, I had to negotiate this, this segment. He yeah. wanted you to sing. And I said, well, you know what? Don't put Timmy time in a box. Don't okay? put me in a box. You're, you're too versatile for that. You ready for this? Okay. This is going to be 20 movie trivia questions. You have multiple choice. We're playing along. I'll keep your score. A ding for getting it correctly or a for getting it incorrectly. You ready? I hear a lot of that. No, I think these are all movies you've heard of. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And the first one is your wife's favorite movie. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Number one, movie trivia question. Number one. Which country does Forrest Gump travel to as part of the all-American ping pong team? Is it A, Vietnam, B, China, C, Sweden, or D, France? I'm a little disappointed Latvia was not represented. B, China. B, B China. 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 You are correct. Ooh. Did you know that or were you guessing? No, I knew that because I uh... I've seen that movie. It's Marcy's favorite, so I've seen that movie probably 2,000 times. Well, you got it correct. So, Big Ass Runner Heard, how'd you do? One out of one, Timmy Time. So far, so good. All right. All right, number two. What was the top grossing movie in 2014? I'm going to give you some options. A, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. B, The Lego Movie. C, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Or D, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. I know it's not the first two. Hunger Games was good. I had to watch that because Charlie was a little teenager then. It was actually good. Um, Yeah, it was good. I don't remember what the second one you said. Lego movie. Lego movie. (laughs) Actually, it was pretty good. First try. There were some pretty pretty funny times. You know what? I'm going to go. I like Guardian of the Galaxy better as a movie. Yeah. I'm going to go to Winter Soldier. You think it's Captain America Winter Soldier? Mm -hmm. That would be... Incorrect. Oh. It was Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Yeah. You're one out of two. That was the first one they came out with that, so I wasn't sure if it would win. Yeah. That's, I, that I did like it top. better. Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. All right. We're going a little bit older on this one. Grease, John Travolta. Sandy. Yeah. All right. Number three. How old was Stockard How old was Stockard Channing when she played high school student Rizzo in Greece? Was she a 27? Now remember, this is a high school yeah. student. She's playing a high schooler, 18er. A 27, B 33, C 35, or D 20? Just for those ages, I'm going to think, I knew she was older. Yeah. I'm going to take a guess and just say 32. That was not one of the 33. <laughs> B 33. You are correct. Ooh, can you Nicely believe that done. though? Yeah, 33, playing an 18-year-old. You could do that. I could? Yeah. I could be a 13-year-old. Well, you could be like the grandfather of a 13-year-old. 33, playing an 18-year-old. Yeah, I could be the grandfather. Wait a minute. (laughs) That didn't go the direction I thought it was. All right. You're two out of three, Timmy Time. Not bad. Movie trivia question number four. This is from Fight Club. You ever seen it? I have. Okay. What item is in every Fight Club scene? A, a Coke can? B, a Starbucks cup, C, a Dunkin' Donut, or D, a Pepsi bottle. What? Yeah, there. one of these items is in every scene, apparently. But I didn't think you could talk about Fight Club. Well, it's true. 
We are breaking the rule. <laughs> we are breaking that rule right now. All right. So I got to do some thinking about this. Yes. Coke can, Starbucks cup, Dunkin' Donut, or Pepsi bottle? Man, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say Starbucks. That is correct. Oh, Nicely that done. A, that was a 100% guess. Well, you were 100% correct. Yeah. That was three out of four. You were doing really well. I wonder how the big ass runner hurts doing. Here's a bonus fact. Apparently, the director, David Fincher, thought the Starbucks shops popping up on every block of L.A. in the late 90s was too much of a good thing. So he poked fun at the coffee chain in Fight Club. He claimed to have sneaked a, is it snuck or sneak? It says sneaked. I think that feels incorrect. A Starbucks cup into every shot with the permission of the chain. There you go. That's actually a good promotion for them. Yeah, heck I've yeah. Never, I haven't heard about them lately. Are they still around? I don't know. I've never, yeah. I haven't seen one on every corner Mm-mm. or anything like that. No. All right, number five. Which movie is this quote from? This is going to be a little bit of an older movie choice here. Okay, the quote is, "Here's looking at you, kid." You heard that quote before? Yeah. Is that from A. Breakfast at Tiffany's? B. Citizen Kane? C. Casablanca? Or D, Notorious, not, Notorious, B-I-G. No, 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 <laughs> we are going to sing a little bit, aren't we? Okay, so what is a house called in Spanish? Um, is that a casa? casa. I'm going to go casa. I'm going to go house white. Oh, Casa Blanca. That is correct. Yeah. Man, you're a savant. Uh, you're crushing it, Timmy Time. Four out of five. All right. When you said that, if you would have mentioned if Gone with the Wind in there, I would have probably said Gone with the really? Wind. Really? Okay. Yeah. I could have I could have given you a, a one that would have stumped you stumped with Gone me. with the Wind. All right. Number six. Which Star Wars characters appear in? Oh, oh my. That you was should pretty... hear MB do her uh, Chewbacca. Uh, we, next time she's on the yeah. show, we'll have, have to get that yeah. out of her, which won't be that hard. Yeah. Which Star Wars character appears in Indiana Jones? Is it, which two Star Wars characters, plural? Is it A, R2-D2 and C-3PO? Is it B, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia? Is it C, Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi? Or is it D, Han Solo and, make your noise, Chewbacca? What was the question again, though? (laughs) Which Star Wars characters appear in Indiana Jones? Oh, then it has to be Han Solo and Chewie. That is incorrect. No. It's R2-D2 and C-3PO. If you look closely at the scenery in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you will see the hieroglyphics with the robot's likeness in two different scenes. Really? How about that? Wow. I would like to see who gets that. Four out of six. Somebody yeah, got it. Someone's got going, it. Yeah. Timmy time. You should have known you that. Suck. <laughs> You're terrible. You're terrible, Timmy time. Timmy Tom was terrible. terrible. Get All back right. to singing. <laughs> All right, here's number seven. Which movie was Spike Lee's first feature film? A, she's got to have it. B, do the right thing. C, school days. Or D, Malcolm X. Spike Lee make Malcolm X? Yeah, he well, he was a he was a director, I believe. I'm gonna say do the right thing. That is oh. incorrect. She's gotta have it, is the answer. Heard of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've missed two in a row. I know. Well, I'm trying to keep the fans uh yeah, up speed. You want them to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a giver. 
Such a giver. Four out of seven, Timmy and Tom. Not bad. You're still Ooh. better than 50%, which Barely. isn't bad. All right. Did you ever see the, the movie My Best Friend's Wedding? Mm-hmm. All right. What karaoke song does Cameron Diaz's character sing very, very poorly in My Best Friend's Wedding? Is it A, I just don't know what I do with myself? Let me repeat that. I just don't know what I do with myself. B, I will always love you. C, stay. Or D, could this be love? He's thinking. He's thinking hard. Okay, how does the first song go? Sing it. I have no idea. Could this be love? <laughs> I'm going with that one. Could this be love is your answer? That is incorrect. Oh, it's the first one. I just don't know what I do with myself. Yeah, I just I that's don't even know that song. Three in a row, Timmy. Man. Four out of eight. Ooh, that's terrible. You're about to go I'm like Pritt. <laughs> yeah, you and Steven. <laughs> Are about yeah about the same percentage. All right, this one you're going to get, I believe. I hope. Who is the youngest person to ever win an Oscar? Is it A. Jennifer Lawrence, B. Mickey Rooney, C. Haley Joel Osment, or D. Tatum O'Neill? Okay, did whole, Haley Joel Osment? He was in the uh, I see dead people. I see dead people. He saw dead people. But I don't think he got an Oscar for that. I don't know. Did he? That's a good question. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, Mickey Rooney, Haley Joel Osment, Tatum O'Neill. There's no way Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar. Okay. What's your answer, Timmy Tom? I'm going to go with the little kid. I see dead people. That is incorrect. Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. Which, by the way, (laughs) trivia question my granddaughter being born in the month of May is named Tatum. Ooh. How about that? Nice. How about that? Well, Timmy time, you're now four out of nine. I feel like a streak's coming though. You're in a little bit of a losing streak. I'm right on. Questions are really good. I think, yeah, these are good ones. These are good ones. A lot of variety. All right. Number 10. We're halfway through already. What is the highest grossing movie of all time? Is it a Titanic? Is it B avatar? Is it C Avengers end game? Or is it D star Wars? The force Awakens. Well, I think probably they are all at one point. Yeah. I'm going to go with Avatar. That is. Yeah, Ooh. he's back in the winning column. Guess who's back? Gentlemen. Back again. Timmy's back. He's five out of ten. Tell a friend. 50%. All oh, right. I didn't even think about it. I could call a friend and ask for help, right? No, you cannot. Oh. No, that's the big ass runner herds out there running oh, by themselves. They true. can't call that's anybody. True. That's true. I mean, I guess they could throw run into the buddy or something. Yeah. They could. All right, number 11. Who was, I did not know this one. This one's probably going to be a little bit of a guess. Who was originally cast to voice Shrek? Remember who voiced yeah, Shrek? I do. Who is it? Michael Myers. That's right. Who was originally cast? Was it A, Bill Murray, B, Chris Farley, C, David Spade, or D, Chris Rock? Mm. He's thinking, he's thinking. Who was the number one guy again? Bill Murray, Chris Farley, David Spade. Chris Rock. 100% guess. I'm going to go with Bill Murray. That is incorrect. It was Chris Rock. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. But then he passed away. Yeah. And they offered it to Nick Cage and he declined. Nicholas Cage? Yeah. And so it ended up with Mike Myers. See, I should have done the math on when uh, Shrek came out. Yeah. There you go. Chris Farley died like in 93, didn't he? Uh, 
I have no idea. There's no way to know that, Timmy Time. Yeah, there's no, no there's way. There's no way we could go. <laughs> there's nothing we could do to figure that out. All Siri. right. Number 12. <laughs> which actress has the most Oscar wins? Is it A, Catherine Hepburn, <laughs> B, Meryl Streep, C, Ingrid Bergman, or D, Elizabeth Taylor? These questions are terrible. I don't have Oscar watching parties. Well, this is a pretty, you know, the most Oscars for a female. Meryl Streep. That would be incorrect. It It is is Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. That was a really good uh, interpretation. It was like a a impersonation of an impersonation. I think I said interpretation. (laughs) Well... You're five out of 12. Oh, my God. Come on, Timmy Time. I'm we got to pull it together here. I'm trying. Number 13, which romantic movie does not feature Ryan Reynolds? You know who Ryan Reynolds yeah. is. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. A, this one does not feature Ryan Reynolds. Is it A, the proposal? B, definitely maybe? C, just friends? Or D, he's just not that into you? Which one did not feature? Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. The only one I saw was number two. Definitely, maybe. Was he in it? Uh, Yeah, he was in that. Just Friends is a great movie, by It was. The way. I saw that one, too. Okay, well, you know that, that one. one. I'm going to go with uh, the last one, number four. Number four, he's just not that into you. That would be correct. Oh, oh nice. You needed that one. I did. Six out of 13. I'm going to come back. Six out of 13. I'm LL Cool J this thing. Let's check in with the big ass runner herd. How you guys doing out there? You're running. You're you're keeping score. It's a lot of a lot of math when you're out running, but hopefully you've got more than six correct. Yeah. Hey, I thought I had seven though. No, nope, six out of thirteen. <sighs> nope. I've yep. missed seven. You have missed seven. Wow. All right, number fourteen. You have, there's a lot of time left, Timmy. Time. Which comedian makes a zombie cameo in the movie Zombieland? Have you seen Zombieland? A phenomenal. Is that the one with um, Woody Harrelson? Yes. Okay, I have amazing movie. Okay, which comedian makes a cameo? Is it Dan Aykroyd? Is it Chevy Chase? Is it Steve Martin? Or is it Bill Murray? Man, they're all old. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Dan Aykroyd. That would be incorrect. It. It's Bill Murray. Oh. Come on. He was awesome in it, too. That's such a good movie. And, and the second one, The Double Tap, was also yeah. good. That was a good movie, but I haven't seen that in the so Twinkies. long. Twinkies. Remember the yeah. Twinkies? Yeah. All right. You're six out of 14. But this this next question is about your favorite movie, so I think you'll get it right. Where was the notebook filmed? <laughs> was it A, Savannah, Georgia, B, Wilmington, North Carolina, C, Richmond, Virginia, or D, Charleston, South Carolina? I've never seen that movie. No? No. Have you? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Really? Yeah, it's really actually pretty good. Where was good. it filmed? I'm not telling you. You, <laughs> All got, right. you got four choices. Was it Georgia, Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, or South Carolina? So Georgia was a Savannah. Okay. Savannah. I'm going to go with Savannah, Georgia. That would be incorrect. Oh, my goodness. It is in Charleston, that South was Carolina. my last choice. You're six out of 15 to I me. Feel, I seriously feel like Brett listening to music. I don't have to tell you this, but you're going to have to get the next four in a row to get, to, get to 50%. 50%. Boom. Call it done. I think you can do it. And done. there's one true false. So your, your odds are getting <laughs> even better. <laughs> All right. This is not a true false. However, uh, number 16, who actually drew the sketch of Rose in Titanic? 
It's a naughty picture. I know. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio did it. Who <laughs> actually drew it? Was it A, Leo? Was it B, Billy Zane? Was it C, James Cameron, who was the director? Or was it D, Kathy Bates? Who do you think? What? Who actually drew it? Who drew it? Yeah, not in the movie who drew it, but who actually drew the picture? All right. Who was the director? James Cameron. Him. That is correct. Ooh. James Cameron. Nicely done. All right. That was a 25% guess. Seven out of 16. Yeah. You're, you're making your way back I'm up. Trying to. Making your way back up. All right. Here three we go. Three. Here we go. All right. This is question 17. Which actor was in the following movies? The Outsiders, Wayne's World, and Tommy Boy. What a variety. Okay. This guy is so Rob Lowe. gifted. You said Rob Lowe? That is correct. You didn't even need... Sorry. Sorry, Okay, listeners. for the big-ass runner herd, it would have been Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, or C. Thomas Howe. You are correct. It is the greatness of the Rob Lowe. Told you I'm going four for four. Eight out of 17. Dude, that guy does not age. He really doesn't. He is a pretty, pretty man. Whoa. Okay. He's Hang no uh, Brad Pitt and Troy, but... <laughs> well, here's your true-false. You got me all flustered over here. Okay, 18. True-false. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Wore a toupee in every James Bond movie. Serious? True or false? Oh my goodness. You have a 50 50 shot. I don't know if you. And every single one? It said Sean Connery wore a toupee in every James Bond movie. True or false? He started those a long time. I'm going to say false. Sean Connery. The answer is. True. true. He, he was a baldy for like when he was born. He was started balding at age 17, yeah. apparently. So I had a you're a buddy of mine like that in high school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, what was any Bond movies? Nope. Your buddy? Nope. Oh, Mm-mm. okay. Well, eight out of 18. So you have two more to go. If you get both of them, you will have gotten to 10. So you still have a chance, Timmy Time. Our math right. earlier was incorrect. Okay, good, good, good. You still I knew have a that. shot. That's why I missed it. I think you're of course gonna, he wore toupees. Of course. Of course he did. <laughs> Who and, doesn't? <laughs> I think you're going to get this. these two. Number 19. Big ass runner heard. How you doing out there? Which actor has not played the Joker? Jack Nicholson? He's a golfer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably going to be him then. Sean Penn. Jared, is it Leto or Leto? Leto. Leto, Leto. Or, He's a good actor. Is he? Mm-hmm. Or D, Mark Hamill. He was in Star Wars, I think. Who did not play the Joker? Nicholson, Penn, Leto, or Hamill? Dude, there's no way Luke Skywalker played the Joker. Oh, you want you really want to think about that carefully there, Timmy Time? I have no idea. I mean, I can see the answer, <laughs> but I have no idea. Okay. Heath Ledger played it. I don't, I've never, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, that would have been a terrible, like, D-rated movie if Mark Hamill's in it. You're going with Mark Hamill? Yep. That is incorrect. Oh Sean Penn never played. Which the one Joker. did? Uh, what was the movie that? I don't know. I don't watch. You know me. I don't watch superhero movies. Dude, I watch them, and I've never seen Mark Hamill in one. Well, you need to watch more. Apparently, all right. This is the last <laughs> one. Fifty percent is not in the books, no. but you can at least get to nine. No. You can get to nine. I'm just thinking about batting average. Not bad. Not real good. Get to the Hall, Hall, of, Hall of Fame, baby. Yeah. Come on. Which singer, okay, we're, we're ending on a high note here. Which singer starred alongside Steve Martin in 2006's remake of the Pink Panther? Was it Bay Once? I think it's pronounced Beyonce. 
uh, uh, Britney Spears, Rihanna, or Mariah Carey? And Pink Panther in 2006? Yep. Bay wants Britney Spears, Rihanna, Beyonce, Britney Spears, Rihanna, or Mariah Carey. I've got to go with the uh, Mariah Carey. Oh, oh my goodness. It's Beyonce. Really? Yes. Eight out of 20, Timmy yeah. Time. When were they uh, before she was Beyonce when they were in the, what was the other band? She was in Salt and Pepper. No. <laughs> she, no, they were from Houston. They were good, too. <laughs> oh, they were awesome. All the single ladies. All, All the single, single ladies. ladies. Man, well, I was time. terrible. That one, no, you weren't terrible. Those are tough. You know, those are tough. They were tough. I was hoping they were going to be uh, softballs. Well, think about it this way. There were four options. So if you, you know, if you randomized it, you would have only gotten 25%. You got more than that. I did. You got almost 50%. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, t- big Thanks ass runner. confirmation. Of course. Big ass runner herd. Let us know how you did. Did you beat Timmy time? And don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat herd. Did you get more than eight out of 20? I want to know who got Mark Hamill. Yeah. Well, let's hear from you. Well, Timmy time. Thanks for joining us as always You're with welcome. that. It is Timmy time. Peace out y'all. Happy running. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 81 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everyone who was part of the show. For Dustin, for that amazing intro. For Eve Pearson, for sharing her amazing wisdom around nutrition and specifically running nutrition. Thanks, as always, to Timmy Time for joining the show. Big shout out and kudo to Michelle for getting that 100 miler. And as always, for making us sound amazing. Our audio engineer, Steve Summer Sausage Saunders. Well, with that, again, we really appreciate everyone listening. And for all the kind, I I received, by the way, lots of kind notes and messages about my upcoming race. So thank you for that encouragement. It's always great to hear from the Big Ass Runners. Until next time, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. This is Dustin Fanzo, and I'm a big-ass trail runner from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and Nags Head, North Carolina. Welcome to the Big Ass Runners Podcast, where we entertain and educate trail runners from around the world. Now, here's your host and my soothing siren of the seashore, Jeff Harrell. Five-star review. Says you really took it up a notch in episode 80 with Jeff racing with scratch that. You really took it up a you really took it up a notch in episode 80 with Jeff racing. I can't <laughs> I can't I can't talk anymore. Says I'm so excited to find this podcast. No, excuse me, I can't read apparently.
That will land in the blooper reel. Let me make sure this is recording. Yep. I'm going to do that at the Chapas next year when we do that. We'll have candy corn at Chapas. That'll be There you go. That'll be our, one of our signatures. Gonna, that's going to disappear. Candy corn is the only candy in the history of America that's never been advertised. <laughs> and there's a reason. All of the candy corn that was ever made was made in 1911. This week, we have Michelle Baker. Michelle is on Instagram at act. Hang on one second. My computer wants to log off. Do not do that. Oh, my goodness. I'm very glad. I went got to a the, concussion. Went to, <coughs> oh, my God. 